Beautiful, beautiful. Hallelujah. Father, we do this together. It's family finance. Lord, we know that you're the father. You're the provider. And we look to you. Lord, looking around the room, we're not people of great wealth, but what we have is yours. And when we steward it well, you multiply it and you meet every need. And Lord, I pray right now that through this year that we will never lack supply to be able to fund your servants in Jesus' name. Feed us now in these moments remaining from your word. And um, Lord, give us something significant as we honor you. Lord, give us a revelation from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Okay, well, who's ready for an upgrade this morning? An upgrade from the book of upgrades, uh, the book of Hebrews. So we call it a book of upgrades. The word better appears 13 times, and we come to one verse in chapter 8 this morning that's the only verse in the book of Hebrews that uses the word better or upgrade twice. But we're looking this morning at the ultimate upgrade. There, there's no other upgrade that you'll ever get that e is equal e by a long shot with the upgrade that I have to talk with us about this morning. And it's really an upgrade of heart. It's an upgrade of heart. It's an upgrade of mindset, of identity, but it's, it's bottom line an upgrade of heart. And there's no place anywhere in writing that talks more clearly about this upgrade than the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews is the book of upgrades. And this one is the heart of all upgrades. It's the upgrade of heart. It says here in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 10, I will put my laws into their minds and write them on their hearts. Now this is the same God who with his finger wrote in the tablets of stone the Ten Commandments. Now this scripture promises that under this new covenant that the same God who with his finger wrote in tablets of stone the Ten Laws now takes that same finger and writes them on our hearts. This is the ultimate upgrade, the upgrade of heart. There's no other upgrade comparable. I mean, you, you rent a car and you go and you get, you, you get an upgrade from an economy class to maybe a, a sedan or, or uh, an SUV or a sports car. Those are nice. But that, that, I mean, this, this, is, this isn't something you run around in. This is something alive in you. This is an upgrade of heart. I mean, or, or you get an upgrade... You check into Radisson or Hilton or wherever you stay, and and they say, "Oh, the, the 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 room you paid for is taken, but we have a suite for the same price. Would that be okay? I mean, okay, praise God for a nice little upgrade in your hotel room, but that's you're going to spend a night there. This upgrade is going to last you forever." This upgrade that we're talking about, and it's not just a room you stay in; it's a it's inside of you is being changed. 
Or you step to a ticket counter and you get on, on, a, on uh, instead of flying economy in the back of the plane, you, you get to sit in the, in the front. Well, that's fine, but that's, that's going to last you, what, eight hours or whatever your, your international flight is. But, but this, this isn't just for eight hours. This is the rest of your life you get this upgrade. It's a total change in your disposition, in your heart, at the core. I will put my law in their minds. Now the word mind there is not so much uh, the brain or, or, or just the intellect, but what it really means is I'll put my law in their thinking, in their knowing, in their understanding, in their worldview, in their mindset. I will put my law and, and rewire the way they think. But then, <clears throat> and write it, write my law on their hearts inside. This is the radical change of the new covenant. And this is the heart of why the book of Hebrews was written. When you come to chapter 8, verse 1, it says, now the point in what we are saying is this. In case you got lost in the weeds, the point of what we're trying to say here is this. That's, that's where, where he begins, Hebrews 8, 1. And, and the point, what, 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 so, so now what he's saying is, I'm getting to the point of why I'm writing this book. This now is the point. And what he launches into as the point of the book of Hebrews is what we're unpacking this morning, be it ever so briefly, but this, the new covenant and the ways of the new covenant. And so he says in, in verse 8, when I establish a new covenant, not like the, verse 9, not like the old covenant that I made with their fathers. Verse 10, for this is the covenant that I will make. After those days, declares the Lord, I will put my laws into their minds and write them on their hearts. And when God gives a, a, a mindset upgrade and a heart upgrade, what it leads to is an identity upgrade. The next words, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. This is the ultimate place of belonging is, is in the new covenant. That this intimacy that God wanted from the beginning is now being fulfilled because his people in the new covenant are now able to, to all call God their God, their Father, and for them to be able to proclaim the Father to the nations. Now, <clears throat> so you don't miss it. It explains it a little bit more fully in the next verse, verse 11. And they shall not teach each one his neighbor, and each one his brother, saying, Know the Lord. Now listen to this. For they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest. They're all going to know me. And here's the radical nature of 
this new covenant. First of all, it goes from a, a written tablet in stone to the tablet of your heart. It goes from external to internal. It goes from striving to become part, uh, like uh, striving for the approval of the group, to now being right at home in the group as, as God's child. But, but this verse 11 takes it to another whole level. What this is saying is so radical. What it's saying is, every one of you in the new covenant are able to hear the voice of God just as clearly as the pastor or anyone else. And you are able to represent me to the people just as much as any missionary that you send out. Because you're all going to equally know the Lord. Equally be able to stand before God and tell him your, your heart and stand before the people and tell them about your God. Everyone. Now, church family, as a people entering into a new phase of our church life in now being a church planting church, this is entirely relevant to where we're going. And here's the point. Here's the point. It's not just, you know, okay, Stephen and Emily are going to be sent out and a few people are going to be sent out with them. That's not, what, that's, that's not really the new covenant. That, that could be the old covenant. The new covenant means all of us equally hear from God. All of us have a high calling. All of us are just as sent as the others. We're just as significant in the kingdom and we equally can talk to God and hear from God and represent God to the people. This, this is the new covenant. This is entirely radical. <clears throat> I've got to admit, I went through a season of sorrow, I'm not sure I'm over it, but of lamenting, Stephen and Emily are leaving. Stephen and Emily are leaving. So there's that. And then I thought, oh no, what if half the church goes with them? You know, well, then what? Then what? But here's what the Lord told me. Fred, this isn't old covenant church. This is new covenant church. And in the new covenant church, Everyone is called, everyone hears God, everyone's calling is a high calling, and it's not a matter of whether you like Fred and Sherry more than Stephen and Emily, or Stephen and Emily more than Fred and Sherry, and where do I want to go? It's not where you want to go. What is God telling you? What is God saying to you? Don't go out of personal preference, or don't stay out of personal preference. Hear God. What's God saying to you? Be called. If you're going to stay, you need to be called to stay. If you're going to go, you need to be called to go. Hear the Lord. Hear the Lord and obey him. That's the new covenant. 
Now, I think that message is relevant to where we are as a church. And this is the upgrade. This is the upgrade. Really, this new covenant tears down the, the distinction between clergy and laity. Between those paid to serve or those who are serving in the, in the workplace. This tears it down. If, if you're called as an architect, you're called to serve Christ with that. And your calling as an architect is not backstage and I'm front stage. Your calling to be a, an architect for Jesus is, is your highest calling. Now, I, I want to just say an, another thing here. My highest joy is not recruiting you to serve in the church. My highest joy is equipping you to serve where you are assigned. Your, your role in the workplace is what gives me joy. That's why we're here. We're not here to ask you to serve here and praise God that, that there's, that's part of it. But the bigger role that I have to play is not to recruit deacons and deaconesses and life group leaders and all that. That all has a role. But my greater joy is equipping you as new covenant Christians to live your calling in the sphere that God has assigned for you. That's, that's Hebrews chapter 8. That's the upgrade. That's the upgrade. You don't go through me to get to Jesus. You get to go to Jesus. You don't need me to tell you whether you ought to stay here and go with Stephen. Jesus will tell you that. He's the shepherd of the flock. But what I'm here to say, and please get this, hear God. Amen. That's the new covenant. You can hear God. There's another scripture that says that, and we're going to get to this in the weeks to come, but that says you don't need a teacher because the teacher dwells in you. That, that doesn't undermine the role that I have to point you to that teacher. But it's entirely essential for each one in this house to understand your calling is high. It's significant. And no one can take your place. Your calling is 100% unique to you. And my little part in a much huger economy of God is to encourage you to live your calling in obedience to him. That's the new covenant. It says, they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest, the prince, the pauper, 
the pastor, the pimp, the Harvard grad, magna cum laude, and the guy that got his GED. You're called. You know him. He's invested in you. Live your calling. Live your calling. It's the new covenant. The final verse in verse uh, in chapter 8, in speaking of the new covenant, he makes the first one obsolete. And what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. The point is, church, don't look back. Don't revert back. Live the new covenant. Hear God. Obey God. And step up. Step in. Grow. Mature. Take responsibility for your calling. Don't wait for your pastor or anyone else to come and say, would you do this? Would you do this? And don't think that your primary service for God is when you're asked by the pastor or someone to do something inside this building because God is asking you to serve where you live. Starts with your family, your neighborhood, your workplace, all those God has unique assignments for you and I can't do any of them. Don't wait on me. The Lord is speaking. He's calling you up. And your calling is as important as mine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now I want to do something today. I'm going to step in here. Sometimes we step in and we're not sure where we're going and, or how it's going to fly. <clears throat> I've never done this before. But I'm going to call you to step in. If what you've heard today makes any sense at all, I'm going to encourage you, although you don't know all the particulars, I want to, I'm going to call you to say yes to Jesus. Yes, Jesus, I want to live my calling in the workplace. I want to live my calling in my family. I want to, I want to hear more distinctly when you speak to me. I want to pay more closely, uh, close attention to what you're saying. And I want to represent others to you, stretch my prayer life, and I want to represent you to others, stretch my witness. Whether you go out and plant the church with Stephen or whether you stay here, my point is you need to be called and you need to say yes to that call. I know this is an open-ended invitation, but in a moment, we're going to stand to sing. But I want to ask you to, don't just stand and sing. I, I'm going to ask you to come down. We've got the nations here. It's prophetic. This is a prophetic canvas. But let it represent your spot in God's bigger plan. And to say today, Lord, I don't know what this is going to mean, but I want to say yes to you today. Wherever you're going to call me, whatever you're going to activate, whatever you're going to ask of me, my answer is yes. I want to serve you. I want, and I want you to activate your call on my life. 
I hope that makes sense. Lord, speak to us. Holy Spirit, speak. Open our ears. Open our ears. Lord, I, I feel the hand of the Holy Spirit confirming, challenging, stretching, empowering, emboldening. Give us a heart to obey now in Jesus' name.